Welcome to the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. We're getting ready to have an old-fashioned line-on-line, precept-on-precept study of God's Word to search out those deeper truths and gain a greater understanding of the Bible. We would love for you to join us today as we dig in and learn what it is God would truly have us to know from the letter that He wrote to us. Hello and God bless you. Welcome into the study today. We're going to be doing a topical study today, and the subject is going to be tongues, speaking in tongues. Now, this is one of those subjects that's pretty, it it is debated quite a bit. Uh, There's a lot of different interpretations for it, and there's a lot of man's traditions also that have been brought into speaking in tongues. And You know, in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5, God tells us, Cursed is the man who puts his trust in man, who believes man over God. And so that's what we're going to do today is just walk through and see what God, how he explains what tongues are. We ask for clarity and understanding from our Father in Jesus' name. We're going to be starting in Luke chapter 21, verse 12. Now, this... 21st chapter of Luke is much like Matthew chapter 24 and Mark chapter 13, where Christ has given us the events that lead up to his return. The disciples have asked him, what's it going to be like before you return or, or when you get back, when you, know, when, when you come back? And he's given you the seven seals. And where we're picking it up is at that point where the Antichrist is here. And these testimonies are starting to come about. This is Luke chapter 21, verse 12. And verse 12 reads, But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. That's not good kings. 13. And it shall turn to you for a, te- for a testimony. That means that's that time when the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking through the elect and it's going around the world. Everyone's going to be able to see these trials. Verse 14, settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer. So don't, don't think about what you're going to say. Verse 15, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Even those who are just fully under the deception that the Antichrist is the true Christ, even they will be turned around from that. Even they will be corrected through what the Holy Spirit says through the elect, through that testimony. Verse 16, And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinfolks, and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. Now remember, death is Satan. That means you'll be delivered up to him. Verse 17, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but there shall not an hair of your head perish. You see, that's where you're delivered up to Satan. They're not putting you to death. They're not chopping heads off. They're not doing all this stuff that you see in the movies. It's gonna, he comes in peacefully and prosperous, prosperously. Verse 19, in your patience, 
possess ye your souls. So let's move over to Luke chapter 12. Just, just it's having to do with this exact moment. And in Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 8, Christ gives us the unforgivable sin. There's one unforgivable sin that you can't, it, it's just unforgivable. Uh, verse 8. Also, I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of God also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Verse 10. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. So in the flesh, if someone was to talk bad about Jesus or say that he wasn't God or, or that he wasn't the Messiah, with repentance that can be forgiven. Now what's the rest of this verse? But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven. Now, what's this? How do, how do you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? We pick that up as we move forward in the next verse. And when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto magistrates and powers, take you no thought for what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. See, there's that timestamp. It's just as we read in Luke 21. It's whenever they're the elector being delivered up to give that testimony of Christ. Verse 12, for the Holy Spirit shall teach you in that same hour what ye ought to say. He will be speaking through the elect. Now, how does it, what does that have to do with tongues? Let's go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to get pick it up at the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is given to the apostles. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. <clears throat> Now, one thing about Pentecost, it was a feast day. You had three, three major feast days, and one was Passover. Fifty days later, you had Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks, and then you had Sukkoth, or um, the basically fall fellowship, if you will, on over at harvest time. <clears throat> so these were the three major gatherings, and at, at this Pentecost day, that means people from all over the world, all different nations, had traveled to Jerusalem to come to the temple. So you've got all these different nationalities that are here. All right. Chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, this being the disciples, the apostles. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Interesting thing about this wind is in the Hebrew, the spirit is ruach, and it means wind. So that spirit has rushed into the house. Verse 3, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat upon each of them. Now, this cloven, it means to distribute or parting themselves, meaning it's going out in many different directions. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, here we got these tongues. We got this, this cloven tongue right here. What does that word tongue mean? In the Hebrew, I mean, excuse me, in the Greek dictionary of a Strong's Concordance, you'll find the number 1258. 
and it's dialectos, and it means dialect. It don't just mean another language. It means being able to speak the language and pronounce the words exactly as you do where you grew up. Meaning, so I am from America, and I have a southern accent. If someone from India was to have the Holy Spirit to speak through them, they would sound just like a good old country boy to me. And vice versa. If I, if, if it was to speak through me, I would sound just as they, in their dialect, that they grew up with. That's the miracle behind this tongue. And everyone understands them in their very own language. <clears throat> All right, verse 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven, from all over the world. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak his own language. This word language also is dialectos, his own dialect. Verse 7, And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak? Galileans? Basically what they're saying is, aren't, aren't these all just, you know, kind of country boys? How do we understand them? Verse 7, and they were all amazed. Oh, we got that. Verse 8, and how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Again, that word tongue is dialectos. All the way down to the very county that they were born in. All right, verse 10. Uh, verse 9. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia <laughs> in Egypt and in the spirit and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, not just, not just in their own dialect, but what were they speaking? The wonderful works of God. That testimony. This is showing what's going to happen at that hour of temptation when the elector delivered up. This is what's going to be happening. Verse 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? And others, mocking, said, These men are full of new wine. Oh, they're drunk. They, they got to be drunk. I don't, I, I don't know about you. I, I've never really seen anybody get full of new wine and be able to speak different languages. Usually, uh, well, anyway, we won't go there. Verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It's only nine in the morning. And on this day of Pentecost, it was unlawful to partake of wine before a certain time. What he's saying is, they're not drunk. Verse 16, but this is that which was spoken by Joel the prophet. 
This is and this is Joel chapter two, verses twenty-eight to thirty-one. It's fixing to get read. Seventeen. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy as prophesy is, is they will teach. OK. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. <clears throat> now, so what we get from this right here is that the tongues that are being spoke, that the Holy Spirit speaks, is not an unknown tongue. Everybody understands it. So where do we come up with these unknown tongues? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul's going to line us out here. Now, this is following the chapter on uh, love. And Paul says in chapter 13, it don't really matter what you do. If you don't do it in love, then it amounts to nothing. Now, chapter 14, verse 1. Follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Again, this prophesy is to teach. You see, to even to teach the prophets from this book is prophesying. Verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. Now, I want you to notice one thing in King James Version Bible. That word unknown is italicized, meaning that the translators added it in under the impression that it would make it easier to understand in English. This word for tongue here is not the same as it was in Acts. It is not dialectos. But if you go into your Strong's Concordance, the Greek word number 1100 in the dictionary is glossé, and it means a language. It's not that miraculous cloven tongue that gets all the way down to the dialect, but this one is just another language. All right, continuing on. For no man understandeth him, Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So what is he saying right there? If you speak an unknown tongue, if you're trying to teach, and you're talking, say if I was to go overseas somewhere that didn't speak English, and I'm just teaching all that I can teach, nobody's going to understand it. I'll understand it. God will understand it. But it's really not getting anything done there. Verse 3. But he that prophesieth, or he that teaches, speaks unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. It means he's building the church up. He's teaching. And he's able to grow the minds through with the, with the Holy Spirit, allowing those seeds to germinate and those deeper truths to be revealed. Verse 5. 
let's see, no, verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. So, he know, like I said, he knows what he's talking about, but nobody else understands it. But he that prophesieth edifies the church. Those that actually teach in a language that everyone can understand who, to the audience. Verse 5. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. So what he's saying here is, you can speak a whole lot of languages, but if you don't teach the word of God, you're still, you're not doing much. But if, in speaking those different languages, you can get those truths of God around, then that is edifying of the church. Verse 6. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Well, nothing. Nobody's going to understand him. Again, this is languages. This is what this word tongues mean. Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. And even things without life given sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sound, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? So, like a trumpet on, in, a, in a cavalry going into battle. You've got one that's a charge. You've got one that's a retreat. And if you're going into battle and you get the retreat and it's not right, you're going to cause confusion. Nobody's going to understand what signal's being given. And that's what he's saying here. Is it even, even instruments? You got to do it right. You got to make sure that you are getting the understanding, speaking in a way that's understandable. Verse 8, for if a trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise, ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to understand, easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. Verse 10, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance. So he's saying there's so many different languages, and every one of them is important. Verse 11, therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Man, you're just not going to get your point across. They're, they're just going to look at you, and no one's going to have a clue what you're saying. Verse 12, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to edify of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he might interpret. So one that is in a different country, let him be able to get his message across in their language. And this is where interpretations come in or interpreters come in, is that if you happen to go to a different country or a, 
or just a place where your language that the the language that you speak isn't there that's not their native language take an interpreter with you so that they can interpret your message to those who want to hear it and that the gift of interpretation is to be able to bring with the same passion that the teacher has so if you know if someone was down there and was saying oh you know god is great god is great and they're all excited and the guys over there going it's is bueno they just don't put much into it but if they have that passion then they have that gift of interpretation to be able to bring that point across verse 14 for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. You know, it's what little bit I do know in different languages. I still think in my head in English. To be able to come up with a sentence, I'm still thinking English and translating it in my head. So it's not natural. So if I were to pray in another language, it would still be confusing. That's what he's saying there. Verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with understanding also. Else, when thou shalt bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? <clears throat> Verse 17, for thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. So what he's saying is, you, you know, you did good, but without an interpreter and without you being able to speak their language, they're lost. They, they don't even know when to say amen. 18, I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. And Paul was Paul was a brilliant scholar. He spoke many different languages. But watch this, verse 19. Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. So it don't matter how many different languages you know if you're not edifying the church, if you're not able to bring that message across with understanding, it don't matter how long you talk. No one's going to understand the word better. As I said, these unknown tongues, that unknown is not is italicized, meaning that word was not in the original manuscripts. <clears throat> so, well, let's continue on. Verse 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. In law it is written, With men of other tongues or other languages and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying or teaching serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. 
So that sign is whenever you go out and uh, take an evangelist, for example, they're going out and evangelizing, they're teaching the gospel and they're spreading the seeds and they're trying to do their best to get the word of God out there that the Holy Spirit might germinate those seeds and cause them to believe in Christ. But that that being able to speak in a different tongue, in a different language to reach those, that's what that's for. Then once they're reached, then it's time to teach them. That's what he's saying there. Verse 23, if therefore the whole church become together into one place and all speak with tongues, all speak with different languages, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say they're mad? If you come in there and you just got a bunch of people hollering in a bunch of different languages, that's confusion. And an unbeliever is going to walk in and go, oh, man, I can't stay around here. These folks are crazy. Verse 24. But if all prophesy, if you come in and teach and there come in one that believeth not or one unlearned, he is convinced of all. He is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. That's what it's all about, is being able to get the word of God out to the world and to it, it, in, in the world. There are so many different languages that you have to have interpreters or you have to be able to speak those languages with the same passion that you speak your native language. That's what these tongues are about. Again, this is different from the Pentecostal tongue, which will be spoken when the Holy Spirit speaks through the elect, which are delivered up before the Antichrist. Because that one, one man talking, or one woman talking, will be going out in every dialect of the world at once. And it's not unknown. It's completely understandable. All right, I hope that You've enjoyed this. I hope it maybe brought some clarity or understanding uh, to this subject. Again, trusting God and what God's word says, not the traditions of man. God bless y'all. You have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like answered on the podcast, you can write to us at humansundergrace.com. P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas, 75691. Or you can email us at questions at humansundergrace.com. Thank you, and God bless you.